1: It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van
0: and Sean Ross Sapp. With Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for your dumb, Make a fantastic song. Make a fantastic song. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. It is Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com. Listing your boy number 142. It is October 9th hot dog jimmy i feel rejuvenated i had a kind of a tuesday off-ish thing there's still wrestling going on and i watched it but the thing is i watched it by choice this week like (laughs) i don't think you were gonna hit me with a sledgehammer if i didn't check out nwa power no but i watched it i enjoyed it it's 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 a wild week uh it's a busy week
2: but here we are yeah uh okay first thing i'm gonna say is uh, happy Thanksgiving to my fellow Canadians. Isn't that Monday? Yeah. So uh, this weekend is a long weekend, and then next Monday is uh, Thanksgiving up here in Canada. So happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Next thing I want to do is I want to thank the supporters of FightfulSelect.com because between Sunday night and Tuesday morning, we saw a 22% increase in our subscriber base as a result of the Hell in a Cell nonsense and some uh, skis that Sean Ross Sap had. So uh, thanks for the support. That's pretty awesome. Select has grown at a pretty good clip. and that's. that's... I,
0: I should mention Zach Schimmel is one of our uh, champion-level subscribers. and uh, Such a generous guy that, dude, when you subscribe to that, you get like one free plug a month. And his plug... Was just plugging how successful Fightful Select has been this week. Really?
2: Yes. That's awesome. What type of
0: A plus people we're dealing with?
2: Well, this week I uh, I, I want to apologize to you, Sean Rossap, if I uh, dominate some of the conversation this week, oh, boy. Uh, because I got some stuff I want to talk about. And the other thing I want to say is anybody listening who is a devote, loyal. WWE fan who thinks they can do no wrong and thinks everything that they do is amazing and thinks Vincent Mann is a genius, you might not like this show this week. Now, I am not going to be negative and hateful and, you know, shit on everything. I'm just going to kind of tell it like it is, but it's stuff I want to talk about, and we've kind of touched upon it before. This isn't new, but I'm just going to take it up a notch this week, Sean, you know? You know,
0: I like those epic triggered rants, Jimmy.
2: (laughs) I know you do. You
0: know why I do that? I love to do it because otherwise, if we didn't, there'd be some dumbass on there like, listen to this, Mark. Listen (laughs) to this, Mark. This triggered Mark. (laughs) So what
2: I do is I just go ahead and put it in the title. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I want to start by saying this, Sean. Uh, I don't know your situation in terms of like when you became a fan and what you were a fan of and all of that. 1990, Jimmy. Now you know. Okay. So, well, for me personally, I have been a WWE fan specifically since I was 10 years old because I grew up in a small town in southern Ontario, Canada, uh, a town that did not have cable TV and to this day still does not have cable TV, if you can believe it. Uh, I, I, we didn't get to satellite uh, in our household until I was a teenager, so that meant that when I was a kid, all I had was a handful of free-to-air stations to watch but it just so happened that uh, two wrestling shows aired weekly on those stations one was international wrestling out of montreal which means that i had a lot of good fortune i got to see the rujos and rick Martel and tom zank and dino bravo and bruiser brody and abdul the butcher and you know a lot of really solid guys the other show was the wwf superstars of wrestling syndicated show and as you know sean lady late 80s was a great time to be a wwe fan because you had hogan and andre and piper and savage and steamboat uh Jake the Snake Roberts, the Bulldogs, the Heart Foundation. It was a great time to to be a WWE fan. Then came the uh early to mid-90s. Uh and that's when it became a little harder to defend the WWE product because Vince McMahon was churning out guys like the Goon and Mantor and T. L. Hopper, and he put Jim Nighthunt under a mask and called them who Uh, that was a tough time to be a wrestling fan. But I persevered, Sean. You know what I mean? I persevered, and I continued uh, uh, being a supporter of the WWE product. Then came the late 90s into the early 2000s, and was that not a great time to be a wrestling fan? Because not only did you have the Attitude Era... Uh, in the WWF with Austin and Rock and DX and Taker and Kane and all those guys. But you also had the NWO and Sting and uh, Booker T and Goldberg and all the guys that were big on the WCW side as well. So that was a great time. Then came 2001, and you saw ECW fold. You saw WCW fold. WWE became a monopoly. And ever since then, Sean, ever since 2001, Slowly, the quality of the WWE product has eroded, and the popularity of the WWE product has eroded. Uh, things have really escalated, though, in the last few months, wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah, I mean, there have been some brief glimpses and glimmers of hope throughout that period that you mentioned, but nothing has ever sustained. No. Nexus didn't sustain. They got all that buzz for the Nexus, it didn't sustain. CM Punk. It didn't sustain. The brand split. It it worked for a little bit. They didn't sustain it.
2: Yeah, and and some of the things, you know, I actually found an article that I wrote way back in 2012. Uh, If you guys go to JimmyVan.com, which was my old wrestling site, I had turned it into a WordPress blog uh, because I was going to do some writing there. And then I got busy with my business, and I just kind of lost interest in it. But I had an article from 2012, seven years ago, in which I was complaining about things like 50-50 booking and them running the same match back over and over and over again. At the time, they were doing Kofi Kingston, Dolph Ziggler on television over and over and over again. So already seven years ago, these things were happening, and it's escalated a lot. And, uh, And so I want to get into, you know, I'm not going to go into great detail about Hell in a Cell. Uh, because Sean Rossap did a review on Sunday night after the pay-per-view, you can go to fightful.com or youtube.com/slash fightful. So I'm not going to go into great detail about the finish of that main event. I'm just going to kind of talk about Mr. Vince McMahon, uh, which leads me, of course, to Brady. Let's go to Stupid People. So I was telling Sean, this is going to be the first week uh, that we are not going to do actual Stupid People news stories. I'm going to just kind of focus on the, uh, the state of WWE this week. And we've never, you know, shown the Stupid People video this early in the show before, Sean. But we're doing it this week. And I, <sighs> I want to start by telling you this. or talking about this. So around the first week of February 2020, Sean. Yes. Right? So about the first week of February 2020. WWE is going to report their earnings for this quarter that we're in right now, which is Q4 for them, okay? When they report those earnings around the first week of February 2020, they will report record revenues and they will report record profits because of the current deals that they just had kick in with USA and Fox, all right? The yeah. new the news outlets that cover WWE's earnings when they report those numbers they're going to quote Vince McMahon because they always quote Vince McMahon in the press release. So they're going to quote Vince McMahon, and some of those news outlets are going to paint Vince McMahon as a genius when they talk about the financial success of the company and where their numbers are. Okay? Here is cold hard fact number one. WWE's financial success in this era is in spite of Vince McMahon, not because of Vince McMahon. All right? And that, and that is a fact. WWE right now is the beneficiary of a changing television landscape. They're the beneficiary of a landscape in which live sport is more sought after by networks than ever before because live sport is considered DVR proof. So the theory is the fans are going to watch the commercials. That means advertisers want that content and networks want that content. And for whatever reason, WWE wrestling has been grouped into this live sport category. Uh, I'm not convinced that WWE is DVR proof to the level of, you know, say NFL football or Major League Baseball. (laughs) but they've been grouped into that category they are the beneficiaries of that and as a result fox is giving them 205 million a year over five years uh, because they want that live sport dvr proof content fact of the matter is though uh popularity has eroded over time as we said it's escalated this year young people are either tuning out or they're not sampling the product period the average demo is aging um, but despite dwindling ratings, break-even live events, uh, it's, it's essentially you know a, a non-starter for them now. It used to be their bread and butter, a stagnant network. Here, WWE is going to be more profitable than they've ever been in the history of the entire company. Um, I don't know, man. What are your thoughts on the whole thing? Because it's going to happen. They're going to release those earnings in February. Vince McMahon is going to be painted as a genius. I think that this, this, this success currently has nothing to do with Vince McMahon. What are your thoughts?
0: So I, I, the report that I published that got us a lot of subscribers this week, man, I talked to a lot of some of those people and Jimmy, if I were to tell the people that some of the people I talked to would be completely shocking names, would that be an understatement?
2: Yes. You told me
0: some of them. Yes. Yes. I I showed you one of them and people that you would never expect to talk to people like me about this were talking to me about this i've never had a reception and a reaction like what happened at hell in a cell and this goes in with what you're talking about one of the things that one of the people told me was uh vince isn't oblivious sean and they said it like that vince isn't oblivious sean and i'm thinking then why'd he book that yeah like he knew he messed up but if he's not oblivious why did
2: Why did he he book that? He thought going in it was a good idea. It wasn't until he heard the crowd reaction that he realized it was a bad idea.
0: Every single other person that I've talked to to that gave me the response said they knew it was a bad idea. Or they would have known it was a bad idea. And I'm sure that's easy to say now. Yeah. uh, Real easy to say. But you look at this, and am I saying that Vincent Wayne needs to step away completely? Not necessarily. Credibly, he does. Uh, Yeah, I'm sure he's got something great to offer. I mean, hey— he, he was the one that spearheaded the AJ Styles push. Jimmy Jacobs told me that personally. He said that nobody even thought to bring up AJ Styles' name when Roman Reigns needed somebody to feud with because they didn't think Vince would go for it. And Vince was like, nope, we're going with AJ. That's who we're going with. That's Roman Reigns' new opponent. He'll help make Roman Reigns, all this stuff. So, I mean, there are there, still a few bullets in that chamber, so to speak. <laughs> I'm sure he's still got some great creative ideas. But we sat through four weeks in a row of, like, a superstar shakeup that ceases to exist. Like, it it was pointless. It was a ratings grab. It was a ploy. And then the wild card thing, and you could just tell that he was like, God damn it, this is brilliant. And it wasn't brilliant. And nobody likes it. Well, and I had wrestlers <laughs> telling me today they still don't know what brand they're going to. Yeah, Why you got to work them? Like, there, there, are, there are some things – now have all the answers and all the keys and all the – like something to unlock all this, but there are just some fundamental things, and I know they don't want spoilers to get out and all that. But I want some common courtesy to help out morale and stuff like that, just anything to help out and maybe entice these guys to be a little bit more creative on their own. I, I don't know how WWE can fix this because ultimately it filters through one guy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, Helen in was just another in a long line of examples of Vincent Mann's creative ineptitude over the last 15 years. Uh, you think back to when Evolution split and Dave Batista, you know, went babyface to, to work a program with Hunter. Triple H himself told this story. Vince McMahon wanted the payoff match to happen the very next week on Raw. Think about that man. And it was Triple H himself who had to push and say no, we're saving this for WrestleMania. That was 2005, Sean. That was 14. 14- yeah, that was yeah,
0: 2004 f- and 2005. Yeah,
2: that was 14 years ago. This is how long these kinds of things have been happening and I've said this before. I think the WWE board should be concerned. Uh, yeah. I'm sure that quietly Vince McMahon is concerned. Or, uh Triple H is concerned because Vince McMahon in 2019 is a creative liability to WWE. He is a liability to wwe in 2019 and that is a fact uh a hell in a cell and again we don't have to go into into great detail about it but everybody came off for the worse like everybody came off worse after than they went going in seth rollins came off looking bad bray wyatt kept came out looking bad wwe came out looking bad uh it, there, it, there was just no logic and, and we had talked going in about why would you do it to begin with? Why would you put a, a hot new act in a match like that where you only had very limited logical finish options? You and I saw it. A lot of people saw it. Why would you do that to begin with? Like you put yourself I've... in this hole.
0: Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, and that, that was the thing that everybody had questioned. It was it's the title of, it, of a clip that I isolated. Did WWE paint themselves into a corner? Right. And Jimmy, I've been writing about wrestling for almost 10 years. I've been doing this full time, like five, five and a half. I have never, ever, ever seen something so universally agreed upon as panning this finish. And I mean nothing. I haven't seen one person defend it, and I'm sure there's some dumbass out there that will, but I'm talking wrestlers, employees, media, fans, everybody that I've spoken to about this directly did not like it, thought it was a bad idea, could tell it was a bad idea. Vince was very specific about how this plays out, and it was just such a bad idea. I don't... It just reeks of, like, WCW... Falling downward Like going that
2: non-finish in the main event like. Well you know what The live audience wasn't happy uh, On the air you could hear them chant AEW, you could hear them chant Restart the match when uh, Bray Wyatt got up uh, I have a, a, a clip from uh, That somebody took with their smartphone at the event This is courtesy of the DVD freak On YouTube and trust me there are a lot of them A lot of people took cell phone videos To show what the crowd uh, Was feeling but I just, I just grabbed one Again courtesy of the DVD freak on YouTube Brady put up this clip you know, that was the first show in a new building, Sean. Uh, so uh, a way, way to potentially kill a, kill a town, you know, in a, in a new venue. Now, one positive that came out of this whole thing, Sean, because this brought a smile to my face. I want to give props to the people over at Brazzers, the uh, the, the adult entity, for getting into the, uh, the action here. They posted this on Twitter, Brady. You got that graphic? Brazzers. Hey, WWE, let us know if you need advice on how to craft logical and coherent storylines with satisfying finishes. But you know what, if, Jimmy?
0: It's it's funny you mentioned getting in on the action uh-huh. right? because sometimes you can go missing in action, or at least your dick can. But fortunately, with Blue Chew Code Fightful, you'll never be missing in action. You're you're gonna be getting that action, but nobody's gonna know about it unless you tell them this stuff comes in a discrete package blue chew is the first chewable with the same fda approved active ingredients as viagra and cialis so you know they work they've been working for decades but this works a lot better it's a lot cheaper it's a lot faster it's better because it's a chewable gets in your system a lot faster it's cheaper because you don't have to wait around at the pharmacy i'm not just talking about cheaper financially i'm talking about cheaper with your time jimmy and i often talk about how important time is what's your time worth how about this Zero bucks.
2: <laughs>
0: Zero bucks because you use that code Fightful and you get it for free. You just pay the $5 shipping. You don't have to go sit in line at a doctor's office. It comes straight to you, and you then you come straight to whatever it is you want to come to. I don't know, but BlueChew.com, code Fightful is going to get you that hard, erect penis. <laughs> BlueChew.com, code Fightful use that code and also hit them up on twitter at blue chew let them know you heard about them from us we love these guys you guys will love them too i had somebody reach out to me today hey man is this a gimmick i said no it's not a gimmick it's legit but it will help your gimmick it will enhance (laughs) your gimmick Uh, you know what Uh, maybe early on she'll be saying who 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 then later on she'll be calling you the anvil for sure that's for damn sure. BlueChew.com, code FIGHTFUL.
2: Good one. So sticking with the state of WWE theme, I want to talk about Kofi Kingston. Okay? Okay. Now, you, some of my opinions you may agree with, you may not agree with, but these are my opinions. So we've talked about this before. Uh, to me, Kofi Kingston was never the guy. To me, he was never the top star on SmackDown, even though he was the WWE champion. Uh, but at WrestleMania, he was the guy in the moment for sure. Yeah, at WrestleMania, he was the guy that fans were into. But my opinion again, Sean, the fans were more into the story than they were the guy at WrestleMania. If, think, if there is no guy, there is no story. You're right. You're right. But I, I think that it could have been almost anybody in that spot and the story but, is what the fans what? were in. Yeah, let me let me, let me Apollo finish. Apollo Cruz is going to fill that spot? It wouldn't have been the same. It wouldn't have been the same thing because Kofi's story was that he was a 14-year, I guess maybe a 13-year veteran because he, he started in the system in 2006. So his story was that he was a 13-year veteran. He was a tag team champion. He was an intercontinental champion. I don't know if he ever won the U.S. title, but he was a tag he champion did. and he was a mid-card champion guy, but he was never the world champion because he was never given an opportunity to become WWE champion. And that was the story, and the fans knew it. The fans knew that going into Elimination Chamber, Ali got injured. And Kofi was kind of the utility player that was put in there to take his place, got an opportunity at the WWE title, got over because the people understood the story. Here's this 13-year grizzled veteran who's never had a shot at the WWE title, and he's finally getting it after 13 years. They dug that story. They were behind him. He beats Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. Crowd went nuts for it. But my opinion, Kofi's popularity peak was WrestleMania in my sure. opinion. And once the fans saw that story and once they got that feel-good moment and, all right, the grizzled veteran won the title, they never reacted to him the same way again. And, and my opinion is that a lot of fans after WrestleMania went back to looking at Kofi Kingston as a member of the New Day, a member of this trio of guys that wears pastel colors, throws pancakes into the crowd, dances in the ring, cuts jokes. I think a lot of them looked at him like that. And did you notice that whenever he would do an entrance without Big E's intro, you could hear a pin drop. On a lot of Kofi Kingston's entrances. I didn't notice
0: that. But I, I, I do think you're severely underplaying this because— Well, no, but I,
2: I'm making a point. I'm making a point. The point I'm making is this. Even though I believe that Kofi Kingston, you know, after WrestleMania, wasn't the guy, his popularity peaked at WrestleMania, all of that, the fact of the matter is WWE spent six months, Sean— They spent six months investing time and investing money into Kofi Kingston because for six months they protected him more than they protected anybody on the roster.
0: And his finish.
2: And his finish. They protected his finish better than anybody with the possible exception of Baron Corbin's end of days. They protected his finish more than anybody on the roster. He went over everyone and he went over everyone clean, including Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe and Randy Orton. Six months, they invested that time and that money and those wrestlers. They sacrificed those wrestlers for Kofi Kingston. And then what did they do after six months in front of their largest television audience in years? On the debut of SmackDown on Fox last week, they had Brock Lesnar annihilate him in five seconds for the WWE title. And then after the pin, you never saw him on television again because they focused on Brock's next program with uh, with Kane Velasquez. I watched that as a wrestling fan. I thought that was a head-scratcher watching that. I, I don't think it was a surprise that Brock Lesnar was going to win the WWE title, but I sure as hell didn't think it was going to be a five-second annihilation. Making to set up
0: Kane Velasquez. To set up Kane
2: Velasquez,
0: yeah. I, for, I, for the WWE Universal Best Real Fighter nine years ago title.
2: I thought that to wipe Kofi out like that and to make him look foolish by jumping into the F5 like that after spending six months of time. And you just talked earlier about how time is a is value. And I'm always telling you time is a value. They spent six months of television time putting him over and then they yep. killed him like that. I could not believe that they did that, Sean. And again, I wasn't a Kofi Kingston guy, but just from a business perspective, I was stunned that He's they free. took him out like that. So I got a lot of
0: things to say about this. Like, the Kofi thing about it could have been anybody, I don't think so because people knew that 10 years ago he had that shot, and at no real fault of his own, it was taken from him.
2: Sure, I agree with that, for sure.
0: And the build was perfect. There was no better build. The follow-up initially was pretty good. Kevin Owens, that's a hell of a good second opponent. Then you get into Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. You get into Samoa Joe, and I love Samoa Joe, but Samoa Joe had lost every— championship opportunity he'd ever gotten so you wasted kofi's june and july essentially okay we knew that he wasn't losing that title to them the orton stuff that had to happen that defined his reign there are people that are like oh one step or it's the same as gender no it's not no, it isn't. Gender never had a good story. He was never over. He never moved merch, and he was People... enhancement. Gender was enhancement. Yes,
2: Kofi was gender... never enhancement.
0: Yeah, and not only that, gender ain't good in the ring. Now, I'm not going to say that Kofi had great matches since WrestleMania. I didn't see any great matches since WrestleMania. His best work, I think, of his career was leading up to WrestleMania and then WrestleMania. Okay. But you work a different kind of match when you have that title. Unfortunately, that's that's the situation. They could have served Kofi Kingston better. We know that there are people that are going to dislike him no matter what. That's just, that's just the bottom line. You've got those fucking morons. I've heard people that are like, oh, he's got a concave chest. Who gives a shit? Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's then not his are like, fault. And then people that are like, oh, well, he doesn't look like a cha- What the fuck does a champion look like? You know what a champion looks like? John Jones and Anderson Silva. Those dimensions ain't that much different. For Kofi Kingston right now as Kofi Kingston exists Jimmy he is a UFC heavyweight like that's yeah that's true. I think people underestimate how big these people are that is true how big these guys are and for all the talk of like like <coughs> I mean just so many weird things that like you see and there, there's the discussion of credibility oh well they're gonna add credibility they're gonna add credibility to the w- to who do people think that this is like that, that's the most baffling thing to me. It's a story. It is a story. I, I often bring it back to, to Breaking Bad. Am I supposed to believe that Aaron Paul is actually a meth dealer? No, I'm not. But I believe that Jesse Pinkman is. If they can convince me within a story like Braun Strowman for a long time, do I think Braun Strowman could beat up everybody? No. Do I think that he could tear up a bunch of shit and put himself in the position to win or do anything he wanted? Yes. Because I find myself falling into that character, Kofi Kingston made that character work, and I think sustained pretty good reactions after WrestleMania. But man, throwing Dolph Ziggler and Samoa Joe, two great performers that everybody knew didn't have a chance to beat him, boy did that halt that momentum. It didn't help. Boy did that do a disservice. That was such a that was bad. But see, to me,
2: to to me. To me, it's not really as big of a... like. My, my point really isn't about how they treated Kofi after Mania. My point is that they protected him for six months, and then they killed him in five seconds. Yes. Uh, and I didn't understand that. And they knew that this was going to be their most viewed show in years. They knew it. And so I, I, I don't know why they didn't do a five- to seven-minute match like Brock has done with other guys of Kofi's size or smaller. I didn't understand why they didn't let him get spots in uh, and at least try to make him look strong in defeat. They made him look like an idiot, and then they didn't show him on TV again. Exactly. And 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 again, after spending six months investing time and money into him, I was stunned that that they treated him like that. Uh, one other if, w-
0: if they sorry if they were to do this story, this story, and I get it, they had to have something big for the Fox debut. I really wish they would have rather went to Orton for Super Showdown and Stomping Grounds, then had Lesnar beat him at SummerSlam because let's be honest, we didn't need that. Lesnar and and if he was going to crush Kofi that could have been Lesnar cashing in money in the bank right yeah but they blew that they gave us ah so <laughs> fucking just my god
2: well one other critique I want to make about WWE and Vince McMahon uh because something else that uh that I noticed uh from last week it has long been uh a desire I guess of Vince McMahon that the marquee at the building reads WWE, right? That yeah. that they don't have to worry about putting names of the talent on the marquee, and they don't have to worry about drawing a house because of the names on the marquee. He wants the brand WWE to be the draw, and that has yeah. long been the thing about Vince McMahon. And As a matter of fact, that's something that Dana White's been very public, that he kind of borrowed from Vince McMahon because he wanted the same for the UFC. He wants the UFC to be the draw and not any particular name. To me, and, the- uh,
0: I want to address a comment in our chat, even though they didn't uh, donate a super chat. By the way, if you want your comment or question read, donate a super chat, but leave a thumbs up. Somebody says, Kofi's not a big enough name to be the face of SmackDown for Fox. Well, is an absent face a big enough face to be the face of Fox? Because unless they've got some sort of special deal with Brock. He ain't going to be there very often.
2: No, but see again. But but again, that's not even my point. Whether whether Kofi is as big enough name is not my point. My point is they invested six months into him. Yeah. and and television time is valuable you know what I mean putting sure. putting putting time into somebody on 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 your TV show there's value there so my point is whether you think he's a big name or not to invest six months of time and money into Kofi Kingston and then take him out in five seconds to me was a just really really bad business decision it's like you completely killed the six months worth of money and time that you put into him that's my point on that. Yeah, but, I,
0: agree. But, but, I agree. Well, I I mean, I want to see what they do on Friday. Yeah. I, w- I would love to see Kofi at some point, whether it be for the title or not, get a comeuppance because I, I think there's a good match and a good pay-per-view th- story to be told there. The unfortunate thing is I'm starting to get Alex syndrome where I'm like, fuck, <laughs> I know they're not going to do it. Uh-huh. I know they're not going to do it. I've said the F word more this week on this show and any shows than I have in months unbelievable let's get to some super chats rob wilkins says you think they should have kofi go over rollins and win the belt or do you think they want him on smackdown also WWE and brazzers presents cuck is war yeah which (laughs) Um, is true too so let me let me rollins is that's the funny thing for all the talk about kofi kingston
2: yeah seth rollins has been an outright boring champion yeah, and you know what? I've, I've, I've got Seth on here. I'll, well, let's talk about Seth in a little bit because I want to get to my last point about WWE first. But uh, to answer your question, though, uh, I think that Rollins would have to turn heel. And I think that maybe he should after the way that he's been treated. And if they were to do that, they could do the match. No one wants to see Babyface Rollins against Babyface Kofi. But if they turn Rollins heel, they could absolutely do that. You're not going to turn Kofi heel, even though it might be interesting if they tried it again because they did it before with New Day. But their characters, whether they are heel or babyface, were more or less the same. Yeah. So uh, so I guess we'd have to see. The point I wanted to make, going back to uh, how Vince wanted WWE on the marquee, the reason I'm bringing this up is because in today's landscape with so much content available for people to consume, uh, not just wrestling, but you've got video games, you've got streaming services, you've got YouTube, you got everything else. How long does Vince McMahon think that he can get away with falsely advertising names without any kind of public backlash? Because what they did on SmackDown... Uh, for for the debut uh, on Fox, it was pretty interesting to me how how much they falsely advertised uh, names and things like that. Back in August, they announced uh, a bunch of names that were going to be at the premiere, including Kurt Angle, Lita, Mick Foley, Booker T, Trish Stratus, Hulk Hogan, Goldberg, Jerry Lawler, Mark Henry, Rick Flair, and Sting. All of those names were only shown for two seconds sitting in the front row. Hogan got music, but otherwise they just showed him in, in the front row. Sting wasn't shown at all. Then WWE.com put up this graphic. You have the WWE.com graphic when they were promoting uh, SmackDown on Fox? Tickets for SmackDown's uh, show. This is before, obviously before it took place. And who is on the top left of that graphic, Sean?
0: Undertaker.
2: Undertaker. So they advertised The Undertaker. Then, after this show took place and there was no Taker, uh, somebody asked The Undertaker on Instagram where he was, and Taker very honestly said, I was told I wasn't needed.
0: Let's be fair, Kofi Kingston's on that, too.
1: This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Grainger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call QuitGrainger.com or just stop by. Grainger, for the ones who get it done.
0: Ooh, and he spent about as much
2: time on screen as Hogan and Flair did. That's very true. That's very true. <laughs> then, just one week before... Uh, the fox uh, show took place it was on september 24th the wwe on fox twitter account advertised stone cold steve austin and if you watched smackdown on fox on friday night did you see stone cold None. steve austin no no so they advertised steve austin and they didn't produce him. they advertised sting and they didn't, didn't produce him. they advertised the undertaker and then told them he wasn't needed and every other name that they advertised they showed him on tv for two seconds in the front row I watched all that, and I thought to myself, again, how arrogant can you be in this landscape with so many entertainment options for people that you think it's okay to falsely advertise names because you think that WWE is the draw on the marquee? How long do you think you can get away with that? There's a reason that they're drawing crowds of a few thousand people, Sean. And obviously, not you know producing big stars and having shitty storylines is a big reason for that. But falsely advertising names is another one. You yeah, know?
0: I hate it. I, I just... Uh man. It's it's frustrating to see so many
2: easily correctable missteps. Well, in. I'm going to play devil's advocate for a minute, okay? This is where I might turn into Alex for, for two or three minutes because I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Let's look first at the SmackDown ratings for last week. We've got a graphic courtesy of Show Buzz Daily. Put that up, Brady. Uh, sorry, which graphic? The uh, television ratings for last week. Oh, yeah. This is courtesy of Showbuzz uh, Daily from Friday Night. Now, if you look, they do it by network when it comes to network television. So if you scroll down to uh, Friday Night Smackdown, they did 3.888 million viewers and a 1.0 – I'm sorry, a 1.4 in the adults 18 to 49 demo, which is obviously the demo that they care about for advertisers. Now. I don't know what Fox's targets are when it comes to viewership. Obviously, when you look at their competition, uh, they didn't come close to a lot of their competitors when it came to viewers, but they killed their competitors when it came to the 18-49 to demo, which is what's important. I don't know what Fox's viewership target is. I have heard that their 18-49 to demo target is a 1.0. Okay, that means that at least for one week, WWE WWE delivered in the eighteen to forty nine demo. They gave them a one point four. But here is where I want to play devil's advocate. This was their big premiere week last Friday. Yes. All right. They advertised The Rock for the show, Sean. That yeah. means that means that it is very possible that their peak was their premiere last Friday, mm-hmm. right? For sure. And it's very likely this week, even though they're they're, they're doing the draft, it's very likely that the numbers are going to drop from here. Well, right? anybody who has watched. One of
0: their drafts
2: this year knows it doesn't mean shit, right? And that's true too. That's true too. So the first question that I ask, and this is this is our, uh, you know uh, what's the what's the one I'm looking for uh, hypothetical question, but my first question is. What if WWE struggles to maintain a 1.0 in the 18 to 49 demo as the weeks turn into months turn into years? What happens, right? Then add to that, Sean, the fact that WWE has been rewarding disgruntled talent with big new contracts. So Gallows and Anderson probably weren't going to resign. They gave him more money to get them to come back. Sasha Banks was upset, wanted to quit. They brought her back and gave her more money. Mike and Maria Kanellis were given more money, all right? Add to that, and you touched upon this already, the fact that we know that a lot of WWE talent has their contracts coming due within the next year, including some oh, pretty yeah. high-up names. Oh, right? some big names. Some big names. What's going to happen when that time comes and those people are looking to leave? WWE is going to throw money at them, Sean, because they've got the money right now when they're getting $205 million a year from Fox and 200 plus a year from USA. The point I'm making is this. What happens five years from now? If they're not able to maintain that 1.0 for Fox, if they've given out all of these big contracts to all these talents in order to keep them appeased and to keep them, you know, pacified, and then five years from now, uh, the demand isn't there for, for, for when, they're, when they're looking to re-up their contract, and Fox isn't going to give them another $205 million on, uh, on a new deal. What happens if Fox comes back, or what if, what if the demand is $100 million a year? What if the demand is $50 million a year? And all of a sudden, your revenue is cut by half or maybe more than half, but you suddenly have overhead, many multiples of what it was in 2019. What's going to happen then? And I'm not suggesting that WWE is going to go the way WCW. I'm not suggesting that. But one of the things that killed WCW was inflated contracts coupled with, uh, with declining revenue. And so what's going to happen if, if, if those things happen? If they're not able to maintain those numbers and if they keep on appeasing disgruntled talents by throwing money at them, what do you think could happen in, uh, in four or five years?
0: I mean, you'll get a lot of unmotivated people who are there for money and don't care about being creative. And I mean, there are some performers that can overcome that, but there are a lot of creatively driven people in this line of work, Jimmy. I mean, I don't honestly, I know hundreds of wrestlers. I don't know a ton of them that got into it from the beginning and said, you know what? I'm going to be a millionaire. I don't know a lot of people like that. Most Gold- of them wanted a creative outlet.
2: Goldberg, Brock Lesnar. Lo- those are the first yeah. two that come to mind because they did it for the money. But just about everybody else were fans of the business, and that's why they got into it.
0: Yeah. We have a couple more Super Chats. Umesh Rana says, uh, do you think ending Kofi's reign with a squash match was the right thing to do just to put a part-timer over, and could Velazquez's debut have been done better? I think it could have been done better by not just, just not having the title. It could have uh, been done so
2: much better than, than I, they did it. I thought they made Ray look like a bitch. Yeah, th- you know what? So so here here's part of the problem that I had with this with this thing. And again, I don't profess to be a creative genius. I don't profess to be a guy that could you know run WWE creatively. I wrote an article for uh, FightfulSelect.com called the WWE Fix, where I gave suggestions for ways that they can improve the product. But I'm not professing that that anything that I think is is right. But let me just say this, a lot of wrestling fans do not know who Cain Velasquez is, okay? Cain Velasquez beat Brock Lesnar for the UFC title almost a decade ago, Sean. So yeah. a, lot, a lot of wrestling fans don't know who he is. That being said, having Cain Velasquez come out to Rey Mysterio's music, starting with a wide shot, because they wanted to get the stage in, starting with a wide shot of him walking down, you know how many people on social media were saying that they thought that was Dominic at first? I did too! right. Like, I, I looked at that, and I thought, you really did a stupid thing. I mean, I mean, my opinion is having it be for the WWE title, Brock and Kane, is a mistake, because it yeah. doesn't need the WWE title. That's a hot match to begin with. That's number yeah. one. Yeah. Right, that's number one. And don't you want to stack the deck there? Don't you want to have that and a WWE title right. match? Right, So that's number one. And number two, I think that there would have been a lot more to it if Kane had run out and cost Brock the match. As opposed to waiting until the match was over. Now, granted, some people will say, well, yeah, but he beat Kofi in five seconds, so Kane didn't have time. It's predetermined yeah. entertainment. They can deter- They can make it a five-minute match and have yeah. Kane run out. What I would have done if it was me, Sean. Kane's been wearing a lucha mask in uh, AAA. I would have had him run out from the crowd wearing a jumpsuit and wearing that lucha mask. I would have had him jump Brock. Match ends by DQ. Brock loses his WWE opportunity, title opportunity. Mask comes off. It's Kane Velasquez. And then, and then from there you start telling the story. A lot yeah. of people, a lot of people haven't seen the knockout in the UFC. Yes. WWE has to introduce these people to Cain Velasquez. And with all due respect to Cain Velasquez, because you and I both know how good of a UFC fighter he is. People, he was. Okay, fine, whatever. People, people that don't know Cain Velasquez, Sean, all they saw was a flabby-looking guy with a shirt off in the ring. Yeah. And that, and that is a fact. They need to tell the story. They, they could have presented him a lot better. I hated the way they did it. Uh, and as a matter of fact, I thought if you have to come, if you had to come up with three or four different ways— and that was one of them. That would have been the worst of the three or four different ways.
0: And, and the thing is, Kane isn't coming off like a hot streak. His last win was over three years ago. Right. Um, he has not been a relevant top contender for that title since he lost it. Like, that. that's it. He hasn't fought regularly. We have a couple more Super Chats. Um, Umesh Rana says, love from India. Rob Wilkins says, five years from now, maybe Disney presents WWE. I think that's a good
2: point and potential. Maybe they sell. Yeah, I mean, they've said they're open for business. Yeah. You know what I mean? They've said they're open for business. Vince obviously isn't getting any younger. I think what it would come down to is what does Hunter want? Because Hunter's going to be the guy, and I think that Stephanie, with all due respect to her, is going to do whatever Hunter wants. Uh, and so I think it's going to come down to he's got a passion for wrestling. Does he want to yeah. does he wanna sell it? You know what he could do, Sean? He could do the Dana White deal. Yeah. So, so he could sell it, but then he could maintain you know, uh, his position. I could see them doing something like that because Hunter loves it. You know yeah. what I mean? I also guess we'll an see what happens. The overlooked
0: aspect of this Kane Lesnar match it's 2,000 feet above sea level, Jimmy. Kane ain't winning that. Uh, we have Kevin Langhoff who says Question for Sean. I see a lot of people saying that Becky will go to SmackDown, but she has a Raw championship. Thoughts. N- nobody that I've talked to has any idea where they're going right now. And if they take the Raw Championship over to SmackDown, that's dumb. That's dumb. And they really should have just named one the women's WWE title and won the Universal title. and right. they could just switch them. But, Jimmy, we, we got to take a little bit of a break <laughs> from okay. going off. Next weekend is – not this weekend. Next weekend is Impact Bound for Glory. Uh, we've got a couple of big features dropping. We've got Ethan Page and Jordan Grace. Take a listen, a little bit of a preview of my interview with Jordan Grace. Fightful. How many tweets did you get when your contract status was a little bit up in the air that was like, oh, well, she's definitely going to Ring of Honor because that's where her fiance works. Uh, a
1: million. Because I, I
0: got several, and like I don't think I'd ever spoken to you publicly at that point. So I was like, man, she has to be getting a ton of those because people just assume, oh, well, she's going there because she can't be happy anywhere there was, else.
1: There was a lot of speculation about where I was going, yeah. but most people <clears throat> thought that I was probably going to go to Ring of Honor just because mm-hmm. that's where John is, obviously.
0: And, I mean, he's, he's got a big hand in that with the dojo and yeah. a lot of that. But, I mean, why do you think it is that people, for some reason, think that wrestlers in different companies can't coexist in a relationship like that?
1: I, I have honestly no idea. I think it's because, like, maybe the companies are competing with each other, yeah. so maybe there's, like, some kind of discord in the relationship because of that, but there's nothing like that between me and John, because I don't really feel that Ring of Honor and Impact are directly competing. Ring of Honor is its own niche or it used to be, it still can be, and they need to get back to that but I think Impact is doing something totally different. They're doing intergender wrestling and they have like this whole uh, this whole like liberal thing yeah. going on.
0: I, I look at women's wrestling and Impact and I'm like, man, that's, that's the marquee attraction right now yeah. with the people. I think Kiara Hogan is incredibly underrated. I think she's really great. Taya Valkyrie has just exemplified champion. Tessa Blanchard, yourself, like, I look at that and I'm like, that's four really good pillars to have for a division. And they signed to Neil Dashwood, mm-hmm. too, that has somebody with WDB exposure. Do you see them maybe building the show around women even more and more as, as things go oh, on? Oh,
1: for sure. I mean, at a Slammiversary, they had the main event was an inter- intergender match. So I think they're definitely starting to, like, build the women just as much as the men at this point like we're 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 side by side it's not like uh the women's division is under the men's division at all yeah. they're giving equal like opportunity and they're putting eyes on both products
0: did that surprise you how all in they went on all this because i mean they they've had uh fluctuating regimes to say the least so any vision kind of got erased after a year, or so it looks like things are on track with Callison Moore. They haven't went anywhere for a while. They seem to have a pretty distinct vision of what they want to do. Yeah,
1: I think they have a really distinct vision of what they're going to do. Or what they're going to do, just by hearing what they say in the talent meetings and like hearing what they say to me personally. Like, I'm super excited in the direction everything is going, and I think people, maybe they're not going to be surprised, but they're going to be like really like happy with yeah. what's coming up.
0: So who do you look at in that company, and you're like, man, I gotta work with them, male or female, whoever mm-hmm. it may be, and you're like, I just gotta get in there with them.
1: So me and Tessa, we really, really want a tag team, and we like wanna, we want to challenge for the tag team titles. Yeah. And I think Ethan Page and Joss Alexander, oh, that's, that's I think one. it would just be an incredible match. I think it would just blow it out of the park, and I think that'd be awesome to see. I don't know if they've ever had like. Um, an intergender tag like championship Mm -hmm. match like that but i think that'd be really cool
0: i mean i guess to some degree because eric young held one of the knockouts titles but that's that was a little bit different none of you were playing
1: comical yes none of you were playing comedy characters exactly
0: (laughs) hey we're back (laughs) (laughs)
1: back. (laughs) (laughs) i wish
2: i wish that clip had have cut out about five seconds sooner Five seconds sooner yeah. because people would have heard some awesome stuff from Sean Ross app That was pretty good. Uh, to kind of finish what, what I've been saying here, kind of ripping into WWE status today, I want to talk about AEW because the big beneficiaries of this whole situation are AEW. I've said this before. They could not have come along at a better time. Because not only is AEW considered live sport, just like WWE, which is sought after by networks, but WWE creative is only going to get worse. I don't see it getting any better on a consistent basis unless Vince McMahon is removed from his position, which is not going to happen. So I I, I don't see it getting any better. There's a good chance that WWE will continue to turn off its fan base because of these creative ideas, and that means that there's a good chance that those fans are going to look for an alternative. Uh, and AEW is is going to be the entity that can take advantage of that. Sure. Now, I will say, though, having watched the first show last week, uh, their their debut on TNT, AEW is not bulletproof. Uh, oh, sure. and, and because they are a new entity, you can only get away with sloppy stuff for so long. That tag match main event, when Moxley ran in, jumped Kenny Omega, he's attacking him outside, he po- he, he DDTs him through a glass table, no DQ, the Young Bucks make like, eh. You know, we, got, we we have a match to work, three on two. We want to get our spots in. So, Omega, you're on your own. Take care of yourself. The whole thing was stupid, and I'm sure a lot of people watched that going, how is that not a DQ? Yeah. The guy ran in in front of the referee. The referee's watching him, you know? And
0: it and it bothered me that nobody bothered to ask that at the post-show scrum. Like, how do you that's, – that's something that we need clarity on. Cody said it's referee's discretion. I, I at least – like the, I mean, I like that he tried. I and he guess said, I he guess. said we're going to review it. I mean, Jimmy, it's better than them
2: saying nothing.
1: You're which right. Is what WWE which does? Is what all WWE the time. does?
2: Now, one other thing I want to say about last week's AEW show. But I... sorry, sorry to interrupt. The
0: refing in AEW tag matches has to get better. I agree. I downright didn't like AEW Dark this week. It was
2: three tag matches, yeah. and the refing was absent. Oh, really? I, I haven't seen it except for I saw a little bit of uh, Darby Allen SEMA. Yeah. That's all I saw. So. That was good. I like that. Yeah, yeah, it was all right. Um, one, th- one other thing I want to say about AEW show last week, I love the Jake Hager signing. I love it. Uh, I think he is a good pickup. You know, we've talked before, Sean, about how uh, WWE should implement time off cycles because not only does it give the talent a time to kind of refresh and heal up and everything, but they come back harder than when they left because the crowd's happy to see them. Yeah. Jake, Jake Hager, when he left WWE as Jack Swagger, he was kind of a mid-card guy. You know, he didn't have a massive fan base. He leaves WWE. He goes into MMA. He has a couple of wins in Bellator. Now, granted, they were against German fighters, but still, he has a couple of dominant wins in Bell- Bellator, and now AEW picks him up. I think he is a solid pickup. The guy is deceptively huge. Oh, yeah. uh, physically, and I'm sure he's going to keep fighting in Bellator. So long as he keeps winning, and I'm sure maybe, you know, AEW is going to be able to hook up with Bellator and make sure they keep feeding him journeyman fighters. But if, if he can keep winning in Bellator, he is a big pickup for AEW. He's not going to be at the level of Brock Lesnar because Brock Lesnar was the UFC champion, and you've got UFC here and Bellator here. But still, I think he is a big pickup for AEW. Uh, I, I
0: think that an eventual jake hager versus luchasaurus match will unlock jake hager's potential in the ring he had a very uninspired mlw run and i mean we almost hired him at one point yeah podcast i remember we we were in really like close negotiations with him uh it was going to be him and his his wife from what i remember but ended up doing an interview instead and he went the bellator route i think that's good because as we've seen jimmy there are some pro wrestlers that can't beat journeyman fighters that's very and, true. And, I mean, Batista struggled with it. Yes, he did. All due respect to Batista, he struggled with it, too. Now, granted, it was a debuting guy against a guy who had, like, 30, 40 fights, and that's still dangerous. I don't care who you are. All right, all right. But we've seen it, and I, I like it. Is it the biggest splash they could have made? No, but he's got a clean slate. He hasn't been on
2: TV in, like, three years. So I agree, and you know, you, you know what else I liked? I liked how he stood in the middle of the ring, and he looked at the hard camera, and he went like this. But he didn't say anything. And because it was a smart crowd, because that first show was a traveling crowd and they were a smart crowd, they all chanted, we the people. But Jake Hager didn't say it and he didn't even mouth the words. If I'm Jake Hager, I never say that catchphrase. WWE probably won't let him do it anyway. Yeah. But I would never say that catchphrase. I would just put my hand over my heart and let the crowd say it. And uh, I think that they can really do some good things with him. They really got to get over his MMA background. They got to push his Bellator fights on television. Yeah, And I think they got good things.
0: Now I, I, wanna... like, I like the idea of, man, you just roll on to the next segment every time. I have so time. much
2: content today. Go ahead.
0: My God, I like your idea, Jimmy. There you go. Now go on to the next
2: segment. <laughs> uh, I want to do a, uh, a uh, note for viewers that are going to be checking out AEW tonight because they just announced this today. There's currently a baseball game happening on TBS as we do this, uh, a, a playoff game. And it was announced that if that game goes long – then the late game that's supposed to air on TBS after the current game will air on TNT until the current game is over, at which time uh, TNT will go to AEW. Now, most likely the current game will be over before uh, yes. before AEW starts on TNT, but should it go long, uh, they're going to put the late game on TNT. Either way, AEW will air live on True TruTV. So anybody- also, I
0: want to provide a programming note. Alex is not on tonight's show. There are going to be people that cry and say... Oh, there's <laughs> Alex! They got rid of him because he criticizes. Alex is on vacation this week, oh, guys. Is he? This may this may come as a shock to some people who think that I like banished Alex from the Raw and SmackDown shows. We want fair reviews. We don't want someone to come in and immediately if like Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns have the greatest match of all time to be like, yeah, but. <laughs> we want a fair review yeah. and Alex felt like he could fairly review AEW and NXT a bit more so we're doing that uh, Denise is on Mondays Warren is on Fridays but if you guys are one of those people that say oh, where's Alex I don't know where he is <laughs> I can't hit a button and go to his Twitter well we have good news for you Sour Graps with Alex Palawski starts on Fightful Select next week So you all will get to hear Alex talk about anything he wants in whatever manner he wants, positively, Mm -hmm. negatively. He can make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and eat it during the segment if he wants. I don't know about that. I don't want him to do that. I'm not paying him for that. As long as – okay, here's what we're going to do. As long as the jelly is made out of sour grapes, Uh, that's the only way. But you all
2: can see and hear his stuff over there. There you go. Awesome. Now, uh, the next point I was going to make about AEW, uh, I want to talk about the supposed Wednesday Night War. Okay? Now, obviously, last week, uh, I think people saw the ratings. AEW crushed NXT. I don't have the exact numbers offhand. I think it was $1.4 for AEW and somewhere along the lines of, what, 870000 for NXT? Something like that? Yeah. Um, let me just say this, all right? And I am saying this bipartisan. I'm not saying this as pro-AEW, and I'm not saying this as pro-WWE slash NXT. I'm being honest. Anybody who thinks, looking at the lineups for this week's show, and this week is an example, anybody that thinks that NXT has a shot of competing with AEW week in and week out, you need to have a reality check, because uh, lineups have been announced for for this week. On uh, AEW, so far, they've announced a a first-round match in the tag tournament between the Young Bucks and Private Party, Darby Allin against Jimmy Havoc, where the winner gets a title shot. I could go on a rant about how another one deserves it and they need a secondary title, but... uh, I'll save that for another time. Uh, John Mossy against Sean Spears and Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara against Hangman Page and Dustin Rhodes, which is big for Sammy Guevara, so good for him. But they've yeah. advertised that for AEW and TNT tonight. NXT on USA has advertised Walter versus Kushida, who a lot of wrestling fans don't even know who they are. And they've announced Drew Gulak against Leo Rush for the Cruiserweight title. WWE, if they think that they can compete... With AEW advertising matches like that, they are completely out to lunch. There is no chance that NXT compete with uh, with AEW. This Wednesday Night War is going to be over quick because AEW is going to slaughter them if they're advertising lineups like that against the AEW lineup. And when I saw these lineups, I, I looked up the lineups this morning for both shows, and I saw what was advertised, and I thought, you are out of your mind, WWE. If you think that you have any chance of competing with AEW with that kind of advertised lineup, zero chance, Sean of competing.
0: Yep. I agree. Uh, I think that last week's number was a massive success for AEW. Yeah. Uh, the real tale or the real thing t- to be told is, will it increase or will it decrease after week one? That's important. Uh, and something that we haven't really even considered and I don't know how much it'll add. They're getting replayed all week.
2: I heard about True that
0: t- all week Good and for SmackDown them. is too here and there on like FS2 and stuff. Right that is an element that we haven't seen to this degree since the Monday Night War era right and really aW just had or WCW just had theirs right afterwards I don't remember them getting replayed all throughout the week like that's something if you got somebody channel surfing on a Saturday afternoon and they just swing by true TV like what the hell is this you're gonna attract a couple people that way yeah good for and, them uh, good for them I think that's awesome.
2: Yeah, I, I don't expect this week's number is going to beat last week's number, but I do think it's still going to be decent. I think they're still going to do well over a million viewers. Yeah. So, and, and they're delivering in the, in the key demos, too. So that's, that's good for them. All right, let's move on and talk about Mr. Seth Rollins. We touched upon it earlier. Why? Uh, well, because I want to talk about, you know, kind of what they need to do, again, in my opinion. And I think you agree with me on this. Seth Rollins is dead in the water as a main event babyface in WWE based on not just Helen in a Sean, but based on his general handling since WrestleMania. He is dead in the water. First, you had Brock Lesnar slaughter him on multiple occasions. And yeah, Seth won the title back in the end. Yeah, that's great. He got slaughtered on multiple occasions by Brock Lesnar. Then as soon as the news comes out that he and Becky Lynch are dating... WWE has to shove that down to everybody's throats, they're doing all these little cutesy segments backstage, making people want to vomit in their mouths, and it made Seth look like an idiot, then they start the build for Hell in a Cell, and you've got your universal champion, the top guy on your brand, cowering in a corner crying, as as part of the build for the thing, and then of course Hell in a Cell, the way the match was booked, he is dead in the water, As a main event level level babyface, WWE was smart to keep him off the show this week on Raw because he was going to get booed, Sean, if they had had brought him out on Raw. I think they should have brought him
0: out, and he should have shit on the crowd and said, you guys don't know what it's like to be in the ring with The Fiend. I don't care that you booed. You can boo if you want. I don't give a shit. Let me know the next time you're in the ring with him. Oh, wait. You can't. You're
2: fucking losers. Bye. (laughs) And I agree with you. That they need to pivot and turn him heel. I think they should do it like during Hell in a Cell, even before the crappy finish at Hell in a Cell. Whenever Seth uh, made a cover and Bray kicked out, the ch- the crowd popped when he kicked yeah. out. They have rejected Seth Rollins as a as a as a main event baby face because of his handling since WrestleMania. He and, needs to make a drastic statement. I think turning heel is the way to go.
0: I know they'll have Becky completely ignored if they did it, and they they shouldn't. It, they should have her address it backstage and have her be like. He's doing what I did and I don't blame him
2: right right
0: I've been there I know what he's feeling that's it move on separate business and work in in personal life there you go we're going to talk about how great NWA was. It was really good.
2: Okay, yeah, let, let's, let's finish. So so let me say first that if you go to com after this, we're going to have the list goes on, which is uh, additional stuff. We're going to talk about Edge. We're going to talk about Tyson Fury, Cain Velasquez, Chad Gable, Baron Corbin, Hulk Hogan, Sean's favorite. Uh, and we might, touch upon, we might touch upon Impact Wrestling a little bit. Let's talk about NWA power. I, I caught the show, uh, and I, Sean and I were talking about it off the air. It was a real throwback. Like it, it, it was a real throwback to 30 years ago. Everything was almost identical to the old uh, NWA show 30 years ago. They were in a very similar looking. Was it the exact same studio? No, it was. A, it was like a block or two away. It was. It, they had it set up the same way. The ring looked identical to the ring from 30 years I loved ago. It. Same color and everything. They had the same setup with uh, the two broadcasters at the broadcast table. Then they had the uh, the table set up for the interviews excuse me, and they did a lot of the same kind of thing where the guy would come out from the curtain, he would go to the table, cut the interview, and then immediately go to the ring. Uh, And then during the course of the show, most of the matches were enhancement matches, which I'm cool with because that's how you build your talent, but then they they would finish with a competitive match at the end. They weren't just
0: enhancement matches. They were enhancement matches where the guys did cool stuff. Like, I mean, I'll be honest with you. A, A lot of the guys on that roster wrestle the same way, but you would never be able to tell it based on their enhancement matches. You go in there and you watch the wild card team, whose whose story is they were put together as a wild card team in the tag tournament and ended up being really successful. They whipped those poor jobbers' asses so bad. And then you had a guy come out there calling for Tim Storm. It was Josephus, just screaming, "Storm, come out here!" And then James Storm came out there just to shut him up. Right. That was really cool. The promos on that, Jimmy, ruled. Yeah. They were all just so simple. This show was exactly as advertised, and I'm. that style of wrestling was never my thing. I was a WWF kid. Mm-hmm. I didn't really give a shit about that. Like, I didn't care much for that. And then Tim Storm, 54 years old, looked better in the ring than he did as NWA champion. He, he rose to the occasion. Him and Nick Aldis had a really good match. Uh, I, I loved this show. I loved it. Jim Cornette was good on commentary. Hey, I'm not going to agree with his opinions on almost anything based on the way he takes things, but his commentary was good. Uh, I thought the other fella, can't remember his name, was good. Dave Marquez was good on interviews. Only thing I thought was lacking was the championship introductions. I think they could have been a little more pomp and circumstance, but I, thought it was I pretty enjoyed good too. this show.
2: Yeah, it was, it was definitely a, a throwback to 30 years ago. Uh, I mean, w- watching the promos from that table setup. It's almost like I was seeing Ric Flair and The Horseman because yeah. it, it was this exact same setup. The only thing I didn't like, and I told Sean about this off the air, was the backdrop that they had uh, for the interview stage there where the table was. It, yeah. it looked pretty cheap. It looked like it was thrown together last minute. So I wasn't a fan of the backdrop. I think they could work on that. But otherwise, yeah, it was definitely a throwback. I saw that the viewership numbers on YouTube were pretty good. I question how they're making money with this because YouTube doesn't monetize wrestling the best. It's
0: It's an ad. It's an ad for...
2: For to try to get other things, I yeah, understand. to try
0: to get onto a network. I reported about it last week. Um, it is about two hundred and sixty thousand views between uh, YouTube and Facebook right now.
2: Good for them. Good for them. The last and the last I looked, didn't Dark have uh, just a bit over four hundred thousand? Last I looked,
0: I'd have to look. I can look right now on YouTube. So that so. 435,000 on YouTube. That's, so you, that's a damn good number. That's a
2: good number, but good for NWA that they're not embarrassingly lower than AEW Dark.
0: Well, here's the thing. Also, like, I don't know if you saw, I think Lagana came out and said like 22% of their viewers came from AEW Dark. Okay. Like, they were able to see the, what, what the lead-in was, and they're getting the YouTube bump now, as Lagana calls it. But, man, you got a show on AEW doing 400. It's going to end up well over 500,000. You got a show doing five hundred thousand. Think about what that's going to do for your subscription numbers, NWA as well. That's important, Jimmy. I, I our numbers have been
2: noticeably
0: better since we've had this bump over
2: the last week. Like we've been doing really great numbers. I actually told my senior engineer we had to work on our web servers because uh, Sean was hitting me up on Friday saying uh, I think the site just crashed. <laughs> so uh so yeah, things have been pretty good. All right, man, that's all I got for you for the list. But but again, Five select.com the list goes on, got a bunch more topics we're gonna we're gonna tackle, so check it out.
0: And it got real dark in here all of a sudden. <laughs> Jesus. You got Christ. a storm
2: coming or something? Yeah,
0: yeah. Leave a thumbs up, subscribe, guys. Remember Wednesday night war podcast. Also check out our Monday Night Raw podcast we do with Denise Salcedo. She appeared on Watch Along this week, uh, was sitting in for that pay-per-view finish which was something to behold. Friday, we're here with Warren Hayes. And uh, we've got the mock draft up as well. I mopped the floor with Jeremy. But subscribe to Fightful Select, guys. Uh, It has exploded over the last week. And I can't tell you all how important that is to what we're doing. Eventually, me and Jimmy have talked about moving it to Fightful.com. Hopefully, we'll do that eventually. And hopefully, you guys will stick around. But uh, hopefully, you guys stuck around for this show and you go over there for the, for the list goes on. Yes, the list goes on, damn it. We're out. <laughs> Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcasts, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling.